So um, it's been a very depressing few days since our last um, podcast was made. I'm Sandra, by the way. I'm Andy. And this is how Nigeria works. But doesn't. Andy, I'm, I'm looking at what's going on online at the moment. I'm looking at the national scale of the gaslighting, if you like. I'm looking at, at the government, if you will, attempt to say to a an entire nation that saw what they saw, that what they saw wasn't what they saw. Yeah, I mean, um, not to like put some levity to it, but you know, it's like the classic case of um, a woman walks in on her man cheating, and he says, "It's not what you think." Yeah, no, not even what he said. What are you gonna believe? What I tell you or your lying eyes? You know, like that's really what the government is trying to do to us here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but let me first say, let me just make one point before we go any further. Like, the government keeps on saying, oh, nobody died. And then people are saying things like, anyway, nobody died, nobody died, nobody died, right? But the government is acknowledging that people were injured. Now, here's a question. What injured them? Bullets injured them. Live ammunition shot by soldiers. Because you have the governor of Lagos State is, is admitting that it was soldiers that came and did it, right? right. So... Let's even say for the sake of argument that the government is, is telling the truth. So what the government is telling us is that soldiers in the dead of night, after the lights went out at the Lekki toll gate, came up to peaceful protesters sitting down, waving the flag and singing the national anthem and shot live ammunition at them, injuring some of them. Now, if you shoot live ammo at someone and they don't die, you don't get to take credit for not killing them. You shot to kill. That they survived was due to luck, grace, or if you believe in it, a higher power. Not you. The soldiers who shot those people aimed to kill them. At most, we can say that they, were, they sucked even at that job. But we cannot now try and use the fact that, oh, we've not registered these deaths or, or we're, we're suppressing the existence of these deaths as a way to exculpate these soldiers. Those soldiers committed an atrocity. They are, that, if, you shoot, if I were to shoot somebody in the street and they don't die, I get charged with attempted murder. So we should be talking here about not saying, oh, some people were injured, nobody died. We should be saying soldiers attempted to murder thousands of Nigerians and even if we say that nobody died, then that means the soldiers simply failed. They should still be arraigned for attempted murder. But people did die. People did die. This is not the first time that the Nigerian government has sent in soldiers and soldiers have killed innocent Nigerians and disappeared the bodies. It's been happening my whole life. It's been happening even longer than I've been alive. Do we remember that the um, killing of the of the Shiites, there was a Shiite massacre in Kaduna a few years ago. And they buried in mass graves. They buried the bodies in mass graves and denied it. That's right. They denied that it happened. That's right. So all of a sudden, this benefit of the doubt being given to the Nigerian government that, oh, if they really killed people, where are the bodies? I mean, are we new? Like, I, I'm sorry for my tone here, but like, you know, as George Judy would say, don't pee on my head and tell me it's raining. You know, obviously, something happened there. Live ammunition was shot into that crowd. We saw one person die live before our very eyes on Instagram. So the fact that we have, we've recorded one death and the government is saying nobody died, already only one side is lying. Well, the government has acknowledged that two people died. So the argument now is whether it was murder or a massacre. 
Okay, so when we get to the point where we're trying to, um, where the government's only defense is, no, we didn't. How dare you accuse us of massacring? We didn't massacre. We only murdered. We didn't. We didn't kill a lot of people. We only murdered a few. When we've gotten to that point, I'm even willing to concede that point for the government because to me that is enough to indict the entire government it's enough to indict the soldiers who shot into the crowd it's an it's enough to indict the commanders who gave the order right. it's enough to indict the civilian government to whom the military answered right that peaceful protesters were shot at by soldiers with live ammunition which is which means attempted murder and some died even if it was just one person who died that person was murdered by the state a a a free citizen of the Federal Republic of Nigeria was murdered by the government who works for her. That's right. And so there must be a punishment for the military and the government. That's right. Let us not let us question the premise of their argument. Mm. The premise of their argument Don't is Don't go with them to where they're going. You have to stop, think with a very clear head and decimate the argument. Decimate the made. argument. Because the argument being made here is that it's okay because the number of people who died isn't as many as you, the Nigerians, first said there was. Insane. So have we got into the point where we we accept that a few deaths are, are okay, are tolerable, mm. that you can shoot at civilians and, and as long as the number is not as high as civilians said, then you get a pass? Because that's the argument we're helping them make. And even away from what happened in Lekki, are we even talking about what happened in other parts of Lagos? Are all of Lausa, these videos false as well? But we're seeing footage, footage after footage after footage of people streets. just being dropped. In the streets. They're getting being shot. dropped. Are those old videos too? And uh, so what, what they're trying to do with that is they're trying to pretend that um, that is only happening because people reacted to the Lekki massacre mm. and that people reacted to fake news of the Lekki massacre. Mm. And so that's the reason why now this violence has happened. Mm. But this, this, again, is them making you buy a wrong premise, and mm. then you now argue the argument, you now, instead of addressing the premise, mm -hmm. you're debating the argument that's based on the false premise. Yes. Would there even be a, a, an issue about whether or not a lucky massacre, how many people died, if the army hadn't shot at civilians in the first place? In the dark. In the dark. If the army had not illegally shot peaceful demonstrators, we wouldn't even be having an argument in the first place. That's right. That's one. Mm -hmm. Now, why were those peaceful demonstrators there to begin with? The peaceful demonstrators were there because they were protesting police brutality. That's right. If there were no, there was no police brutality to begin with, those young people would not have been sitting at the Lekki toll gate. That's right. So now, again, that was not the first protest. That was not the first day of protest. That was in the second week of protest. Mm -hmm. If within the first two weeks of protest. Mm -hmm. The government had not started shooting protesters, mm -hmm. dragging protesters on the ground, mm -hmm. kicking them in the head, mm -hmm. paralyzing some, killing some. Mm -hmm. Those kids wouldn't have been at the Lekki Tollgate. That's right. And if at any time in the two weeks of protest, mm -hmm. government had made meaningful steps mm -hmm. towards addressing the demands of the protesters, mm -hmm. the, the demands that the government itself, I should point out, keeps on saying are legitimate, mm -hmm. those protesters would not have been at the Lekki Tollgate in the first place. So when we want to talk about first causes, mm -hmm. let's go all the way. 
to the and, first and, closet. And now uh, we have the Lekki Tollgate claiming that their CCTV camera wasn't taken away, that they in fact have a footage of what happened that night. Publish Why it. hasn't that footage been made public? Why have we not heard about that particular line of conversation until two days after that uh, uh, incident? Why have we not heard about that until two days later? Right. Why did they not publish it on the night? Why, why did they wait until two days later to... To, to uh, even acknowledge that, that that footage exists. Yes. Now, they've only acknowledged that it exists. They've not yet made it public. Mm. Now, if this government were serious, mm -hmm. right? And they if, would make it public. And if the footage corroborated the raw footage, mm -hmm. unedited, mm -hmm. undoctored, mm -hmm. corroborated the government's position mm -hmm. that nobody died. Mm -hmm. We know government, they would have released it even that same night. Exactly. They would have released it that night. They would have released it later as the next morning. Yes. Yet, up till now, and in fact, even when people were saying the, the, um, the cameras have been removed, mm -hmm. government did not answer one way or the other. That's right. Because probably... We know how Nigeria works, but doesn't. Mm -hmm. They were working behind the scenes to find out, well, how much of this footage can we doctor? Find a cover story. Yes. And now they're telling us, oh, we're using the footage for investigation. Why not fucking publish it? Make it public. We don't trust the investigations. But what is... Wh why all... Why is all of this energy invested in discrediting something that we all saw? Why is this happening? Well, okay, so... It's happening on, on multiple levels. The first level is simply that this is the Nigerian government's position whenever it murders Nigerians en masse. I'm from the Niger Delta. I'm from a part of the country where we have suffered um, massacres from government, like, routinely, my whole life and before I was born. And this is always the government's MO. The military comes in and they can even, like, mow down an entire village and they take away most of the bodies. They just take away most of the bodies to, like, de-emphasize or to make the massacre look less... Um, you know, less severe than it was. Mm. So that's a normal thing. That's a normal reaction from government, mm. as morbid as it is to say. So that's the first level. But on the second level, you have to ask yourself, well, why did they even shoot in the first place? Mm. And in taking all these steps to now disinformation. Why did they attack a peaceful yes. protest? Lekki, Lekki Toll has been the most peaceful. And Lekki Toll, but the problem, why they had to attack Lekki Toll is that Lekki Toll was also the most iconic mm. and the most pivotal in mm. the sense of you have to look at the way the Nigerian ruling class sees power mm. and sees their position on top of the pyramid. Mm. Now, here's the deal about the Nigerian work and ruling class. Um, I'm, excuse me, I'm going to get a bit technical here, academic here. I'm going to go all Marxist on y'all. Now, I'm not a Marxist anymore, but um, some of my best friends are Marxists. But here's the thing with the Nigerian ruling class. It's a ruling class that gets... You know, every every ruling class or every economic cla uh, class is a class because it makes its money from a set of economic activities. Right. So in you know some countries, so but in Nigeria, the Nigerian ruling class, their key economic activity is government contracts. They make their money by by doing government contracts. Right. It's sort of like in America, you talk about the military industrial complex, the Iron Triangle. People move around, and you see now these days. Politicians, they leave office, they join lobby firms, they don't, the lobby firms uh, work for particular industries. Those politicians also become executives there, and it's like a, a revolving door. Right. In Nigeria, the revolving door is political office and political contracts, contracts from government. Right. And that's how people go around, that's how they make their money. Right. What, what, what that means is if they leave government, or 
and they use the money from the contracts to fund elections, That's to right. fund their elections, right. to keep getting themselves elected. By the way, uh, you should listen to our very first episode on this uh, podcast, how elections in Nigeria work. But don't. Mm. So that's what they keep doing so now it's in their interest to make sure right that no other political no other class has enough economic power to get into the political um, system and even if they do have the money to an economic power to get into the political system then they don't want to do it or they're discouraged from doing it that's always been the way so that's why all throughout from the civil war end of the civil war till today since 1970 till today, the number one business of the Nigerian ruling class has been to get the middle class out of politics or to out even... Out of the way. Out of the way. Or even destroy the middle class completely, mm. right? Mm. Now, with these protests, these NSARS protests, mm. what did we really see? What we saw were a younger generation of middle-class Nigerians, mm. Gen Z middle-class Nigerians, and millennial middle-class Nigerians, right? Who are not beneficiaries of the system. Who are not beneficiaries of the system. Who are making their money from tech, making their money from media, entertainment, culture, like completely out of the old political systems of patronage. Mm. Now, they're making their money, and they're upset about police brutality. Mm. Police brutality has been ongoing, eh? But these new this group of people... It's not hitting home for them, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that has given them a, what they call it, um, sort of like a common cause with the working class Nigerians, mm -hmm. right? Who have also been suffering police brutality for decades. Right. And so suddenly, you have these two classes of people who normally don't really agree on much, mm -hmm. suddenly agree on, you know what, this police brutality stuff has to end, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now, the ruling class are concerned about that right. because their entire stranglehold on power has always been based on using their money to bribe the working class and the unemployed and the poor right. into like either looking the other way or actively helping them get elected. Right. Now, suddenly you have this middle class of young people with a lot of money mm -hmm. coming in and trying to use that money to organize an organic protest right. against systemic injustice. Mm -hmm. And now the ruling class is looking at that and saying, but these people... What they're doing here is exactly the same thing you would do to win an election. That's right. They're building a structure. Yes. Because because what a ruling class is afraid of is a middle class, right, who's educated, who understands the problems, who wants to solve the problems, who has the means, the economic means to solve the problems, mm -hmm. and is ready to engage with the working class and the and, and the urban and the urban and rural poor. Mm -hmm. That is a recipe for a political um a force that can counter the ruling class. And before now, you haven't had that. You've never had that perfect combination. In my parents' day, you had the middle class who were radical, who didn't like the government, who didn't like the ruling system, but they didn't have the money. Mm -hmm. The ones who had the money were the ones who left the country. And there's no way to stay connected to the country once you've left. Yes, because it was it, it, it was like, you know, yeah, they talk about the old country, the old country. In the 80s and 90s, once you left Nigeria, you left Nigeria. There were no phones. Yeah. So, like, there was a disconnect once you were no longer living in the country country mm -hmm. even in the two, early 2000s mm -hmm. when before i came back mm -hmm. you know we're out there in america and all you were, you were disconnected from the country that's right but today the younger people who have left nigeria are connected are connected you, you are living in houston but you're completely aware of everything that's going on your money is still coming back to nigeria that's right. they try to stop the money coming in during mm -hmm. this protest people, people switch to bitcoin people switch to crypto money kept coming in mm -hmm. so all of a sudden you have a, a middle class that is connected internationally, mm -hmm. that is bringing in, tapped into the um, economic opportunities in the Western world, mm -hmm. 
and they're bringing that money into Nigeria mm-hmm. and that money is being used to fight for reform. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, the, the government says, this can happen to us on election day. That's right. So we need to get these people, if we can't kill their money mm-hmm. and we, we can't kill their organizational power, mm-hmm. what we need to do is discourage them from getting involved. How do you discourage them? Scare the bejesus out of them. That's what's so happening. That's why they targeted Lekki. Because Lekki, okay, so for those of you who don't really know how Nigeria is set up, how Nigeria works, how Nigeria works, but doesn't. <laughs> so um, the protests were taking place at different places, right? Yes. Now the Lekki toll gate, Lekki is an is um, they say it's a highbrow area of Lagos, but it's, not. it's really not. But yes, the richer people compared to the rest of the country, yes. So the richer people tend to live in Lekki. Mm. So the protesters at Lekki were from a slightly different socioeconomic demographic, that's right? right? And that's why even throughout the protest, it was like people were always making fun of Lekki that it was the least radical place. They were singing and, and dancing. They were singing, dancing. They were eating very nice cool. food. They were having, they were serving frappes at the, at, 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 at the protest. They were trying to watch, um, you know, sports, football, soccer, you know, at the protest. Mm-hmm. And people were saying, these were not serious. They're treating you like a party. Mm-hmm. So, how come that was the place, the least serious place, if you will, mm-hmm. that's where the army came to shoot? Because the army was sending a message to Gen Z and millennial middle-class Nigerians. That's right. Stay out of politics just like your parents. Stay down or we will shoot you all dead. Yeah. They were trying to scare these young middle-class nigerians you know why because the government is scared of them yes the ruling class is scared of them mm-hmm. um and so they're like you know these guys we've got to like hit them hard so that they don't they they, they run away with a bloody nose mm-hmm. and they don't come back into the political system mm-hmm. that's what's happening here mm-hmm. now of course you hit them like that you shoot them down mm-hmm. what's going to happen they have these international connections and everything mm-hmm. they're going to make a big stink about it the whole world is going to come down on you mm-hmm. that means you have to cover your tracks you have to gaslight them mm-hmm. you have to make the whole world think this is a hoax driven by social media mm-hmm. it's not real it's fake news to undermine their credibility mm-hmm. and make them believe that look you know what Really, this Nigerian state can kill us, mm-hmm. rape us, and, nothing will, and nothing will happen. Nobody will even believe us. That's classic abuser moves. That's right. I will do anything to you and nobody outside will believe you. Your parents won't believe you. Nobody will believe you. That's right. So that's what's happening here. That's why it is in all our interests to focus. And anybody who wants to help Nigeria has to understand what's happening here mm-hmm. and focus on what's really happened. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter. So here's what I always do when I'm making an argument like this. Mm-hmm. Um, let me concede what the opponent is saying. Mm-hmm. So let me concede, even if I don't agree and I don't believe it, I know it's a lie. Let me concede for a moment that nobody died at the Lekki uh, protest. Mm-hmm. But you, the government, is still agreeing that Soldiers the army came. came. The army came. The governor himself has said that the army came. In yes. all of this conversation happening, we are forgetting that the, uh, the governor himself has yes. said the army came. The, he has said, I don't know their rules of engagement. engagement. He has said, I tried to call the president to find out why is this happening in my state. So we've got admission there that the army came. Yes. We've got admission that the LCC did put off their light. That's right. We've got admission that the light in the area went off. Now they're claiming their reasons for doing all of these things is because of the curfew that is perfectly normal routine, etc. Fine. Fine. But those things all happen. So we've got army, darkness, gunfire. And 
injured people in hospitals because the governor went to visit them in the hospital and acknowledged that these people were injured at the protest, right? Uh, when the army shot. So meaning we have the government admitting that the Nigerian army, whose salaries we pay as taxpayers, came to a peaceful protest where people were sitting on the ground waving the Nigerian flag and singing the national anthem and the Nigerian army shot live ammunition into that crowd. And now we have people sending us messages on WhatsApp and Facebook and Twitter telling us that our brothers who may have died in this thing, our sisters who may have died in this thing, were part of a Hollywood production. So uh, again, so the, question disrespectful. I, so the question I want to ask is, are the people in the hospital whom the governor himself went to visit and acknowledge he visited them injured, bleeding, one of them has now died according to the governor, Where are those people also part of the Hollywood production? Does that mean the governor is part of the Hollywood production and the hospitals mm. since he went and he took pictures with them and he said, yes, these people are in the hospital injured. So if they are not part of the Hollywood production, it means that they were actually injured by the soldiers, meaning the soldiers actually fired live ammunition into a crowd of peaceful protesters at night. That is enough grounds to say the Nigerian army attempted to murder protesters. And at that point, every other thing becomes quibbling over technicalities. That's right. Because at the end of the day, shooting into an unarmed crowd, shooting live ammunition into an unarmed crowd gets you a date in The Hague. It gets you a date at the International Criminal court it's enough to get that so anybody who tries to dissemble anybody who tries to shift the focus away from that is doing propaganda work for government either wittingly or unwittingly Definitely. and so let us face let us face the facts all right so uh we decided to just quickly do this um because we were we were getting very agitated by what we are seeing this morning as you can hear from my voice in nigeria now um Stay safe out there. If you have some control over the people who are burning government buildings, tell them to not do that because these government buildings are paid with our money. So we will still have to pay for these government buildings to be rebuilt. We will still have to pay for these police vehicles to be rebought. We'll still have to pay for all of these things to uh, um, uh, be fixed. So everybody needs to calm down. Everybody needs to go home. Everybody needs to chill. And also, if you have any control over the soldiers and police who are shooting innocent, unarmed Nigerians in the streets, tell them to stop. Tell them that under the Geneva Conventions, which, to which Nigeria is a signatory, which govern the rules of engagement of, 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 of armed personnel, if you are given an order to shoot a civilian, you have the right to reject the order. If you refuse to reject the order and go ahead and shoot the innocent civilian, you will not be able to use the fact that you were following an order as a defense. We hanged people at Nuremberg in 1945 for saying I was only following orders. There's no valid order that lets you shoot a civilian. So if you're doing that, know that names are being taken, people will be reported. At the end of the day, one way or the other, the government will leave power in 2023 
see you at the hate also know this as a young person they will come for social media so this fight is ongoing don't roll over don't die we are far from done with this download bridgeify get everybody in your neighborhood to download bridgeify whether they are part of the protests or not that's right because when the internet comes down bridgeify only works if as a chain you, you only connect with people who are within like um three football fields of you hmm. so get, you have to have the people near you on it and then the people near them on it and they put near them on it mm-hmm. on and on as a chain mm-hmm. we're gonna have to like do it old school like our mothers and grandmothers with the chain messages mm-hmm. with you know we know with the whatsapp broadcast mm-hmm. we have to just keep rolling it on down yeah everybody get ready stay strong all right until the next episode of how nigeria works but doesn't i'm sandra i'm andy follow us on social media s as a question and and how nigeria works but doesn't and sars <laughs>